Welcome to the 242nd. Welcome to my life. Thank you for joining me. All right. Well, today I'm going to try to talk about a little bit about, uh, I guess, me, my family, something like that. Today's topic will be my father. And uh, I'll try to get through this without any breakdowns. But, you know, everyone's got a different family, fathers, mothers, aunts, grandparents. Um, my mom and dad were a pretty good influence on me, I like to think. I I sometimes wear rose-colored glasses on that, but that's okay because that's just how I am with a lot of people. Is I, I like to wear rose-colored glasses. But anyway, trying to make this quick, short. Um, my dad, he was a... He was raised in Georgia. He was the youngest of th- out of three boys, out of a, eight children. There was three boys, five girls. He was the youngest of the three boys. His brothers went to, into World War II. He had one brother, James, who went into the Army. And from what I understand, while D-Day was going on, It was a secondary invasion that went to the south of France, and he went in as a private, fought in the war, um, ended up coming out of the war as a second lieutenant tank commander, from what I understand, because um, he was promoted through battle because of his superiors being killed in action. Um, His other brother, Vernon, went in the Marines... And he fought in Saipan and ended up uh, being killed in Iwo Jima. Um, Then he had five sisters. Ruth, Sue, Mary, Winifred, and Anne, I believe. I think Anne was the young one who ended up passing away young. At a young age of 16, I think my father told me. I'm not really entirely sure. I think he had said she had Down syndrome. And back then, you know, people... It was different than it is nowadays. Um, But I think there was other health issues besides that. But, like, my dad's sister Mary is the one I grew up. My Aunt Mary, I grew up more... I knew more... Her more than I did any of my other aunts. But uh, we're, we're talking about my dad. Um, my dad went into the Air Force after World War II. I think in 51, I think. He had a 20-year career. He met my mom through a blind date that got canceled, and he was the replacement. They had three kids, my two sisters and my brother, before I was born. And they went to various places... In Europe, my dad's two remotes in his 20 years was Thailand and Alaska. He really liked the Air Force life, especially when he he was, from what I understand, he was stuck in the motor pool for eight or nine years, I believe, on a base as a private. And my dad had never really finished high school and... I think he told he said like a lieutenant colonel or somebody had seen him there a number of times and questioned why he never tried to get higher rank. And he didn't really know how because he didn't know how to read and write. 
So he was introduced to a whole new world about, you know, you test and half of it, half of your score is your physical work. And then that, so he learned how to read the, the air force taught him how to learn to, to read and write. And he could do anything with a motor and he ended up retiring as a tech sergeant, but he, you know, back in 71, just after he found out my mom was pregnant with me, I was the accident. I was the one who wasn't supposed to exist. After my older, my younger of my two sisters, they were told they couldn't have kids anymore. And so they didn't expect it. And then lo and behold, boop, then, then I happened. Um, my dad had, could have gone in for four more years at that point, And they, he had ended up getting into Red Horse. And they were going to send him over to Vietnam at the time. And it was 20 years. And he decided to go ahead and just retire. And so life before me was different. You know, with with my sisters and my brother, they had a different life than when I came around. Um, my earliest memories with my dad were, you know, in England. Me and my dad used to do a lot of things together. Um, the times I got stuck in England at the fair and London were both with my dad. He, I always saw him as very patient with me. I, I didn't get to see the sides that my siblings saw because he was at a different stage of life. He was in his 40s like I'm with my son. Um, and then we decided to move over here and live in Florida because he had one time been stationed at Eglin Air Force Base and he liked how small this town was so he decided to retire here and he didn't think it'd end up being a tourist spot but he was highly intelligent like he could figure stuff out mechanically in the military he had learned how to build and tear down engines and build and tear down buildings part of red horse they did just about everything um when he was a kid he had learned some various farming because that's what his his parents were crop sh crop sharers on a, a little farm in georgia and they that's what that's how they lived And I think the actual word is sharecropper. Um, the eight kids and the parents are ten people living in a one-room house, basically. I mean, my dad was born in 1932, so he was born into the... I think that was the Great Depression, they would call it, they called it. And then he grew up, you know, into World War II. And so... They sharecropped. They lived on a basically a farm which grew cotton in Georgia. And during the day, the, the three boys and his dad, Lorenzo, they would go pick cotton while the girls helped the mom cook. And they would have one meal a day, and they would sit at the table and they would eat, and that, that would be their one meal during the day. And then they'd go back in the field and and the, the girls would clean the house, and that was every day while he grew up, as far as I remember him telling me. Um, that's why when he got into the Air Force, I think 
he got to experience a lot of different things, going places and, and experiencing life different. I mean, even though a, a good chunk of that was with three children, you know, before me, because I never got to go anywhere. <laughs> I was born at the end, you know, of his career when he retired. I was born in England, and then he came back here. And so I got to hear about it and see pictures about it. And, you know, like, his tour, his one year in Alaska for the for the Air Force. And he said, you know, six months of the year they were pumping water out of the ground to store for the other six months where it would be too cold to pump the water. And they had these giant storage tanks. And when he was in Thailand, they built a runway that, lo and behold, uh, I have a brother-in-law who knows that runway because at the end of the runway, there's a giant dip at the end because they were trying to make it in typhoon season. And the end of the runway kept washing out, so they had to finish it up as best as they could. And in this little tiny town where I met a co-worker that I worked with one time who was born in that tiny town, you know, and then he came over to America as an adult and, you know, he had been born in Thailand. So it's kind of cool, you know, when you learn about your dad and his adventures and then you experience some, you know, um... There was a time where my dad was, you know, he being in Red Horse, he knew how to operate vehicles and heavy machinery. There was times where he was he drove a a concrete mixing truck, and he was a he drove an eighteen wheeler for a little bit doing scrap metal. So I got to go to places with him. I think I talked about that in the one of the other podcasts about places I'd driven with my dad and that was a cool thing to experience going places even though they were just day trips <clears throat> but an 18 wheeling with, with dad you know um, there was a couple of places he had helped build golf courses around the area and he had driven a bulldozer and I have pictures of me you know on the bulldozer where he taught me how to drive when I was like between 10 and 12. I couldn't really differentiate an age. But, I mean, I tried to be a little bit more open with my son than he was because I never really, he was pretty closed off, my dad, and it's not, it's just the way he was raised, you know, that's what I learned to to understand as I grew up is it wasn't that he didn't have emotions. He was just, they were just put in a different place. If that makes any sense. I mean, I, I tell my nieces and my nephews because they got to see grandpa, granddad. And he would say, love you to them where he would, he never said it to me. And, and for a long time, I was a little jealous of that, but that's just it is. You're you're different with your kids, your younger kids, your older kids, your grandkids. Your your life changes that change you. Um and uh 
So my dad was a pretty complex kind of guy. I remember he wouldn't ever panic about anything. Like, um, he was pretty calm about most things that went on. And when something needed to get done, he wouldn't explain it. He would just do it. Um, like anytime I needed help with my vehicle, he wouldn't volunteer it. But if I sat there and asked him, he would guide me as I did the work. Like, that's how I learned to change brakes on my vehicle. As he would talk me through how to do things. Um, and if I had problems, he'd help me, but he would want me to do it first. To try, you know. He was never the type who... The only time I remember him raising his voice is when he heard me arguing with my mother one time. And he yelled from the other room if he needed to come do something about it. He told me that he'd never spanked me in my life. I don't have a memory of ever being spanked by him. Um, a couple of harsh words like that. But the only t only things ever. So uh, maybe I just have rose-colored glasses. But I don't think it's a bad thing to have rose-colored glasses at times. Especially about your family. I mean, you pick and choose your memories. Everyone does it differently. He, uh... At one time, he was a maintenance man at a hotel. And at the same time, my mom was the head housekeeper. And I would help her. I was like 12 or 13. I'd help her on weekends or at spring break or on the summer vacation from school. And that, that used to be the cooler thing is I'd go see him while he was doing his maintenance around the hotel. And he, he always tried to teach without teaching, if that makes any sense. I don't know. But I don't know. A lot of the times I think that's how when I'm dealing with my son, I try to think how I was, how he was with me. Because I don't want my son to have any bad memories of me when he grows up. I mean, I want to try to try to model myself a little bit after that, you know. And you know, maybe I feel myself full of hot air, but I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, after he passed, we had two like ceremonies because we had one here in town with my mom and then I took his ashes to Georgia where his family has a little cemetery plot and two of his sisters still were and one of his sisters is uh Winifred had come down from Alaska because she had that's what she had started to do was she had moved to Alaska to teach Christianity as a pastor to Eskimos and so she flew down to Florida and I took her to Georgia and I was sitting there with, I don't remember if it was her who told me or my other sister, her other sister, his other sister, Mary, but one of them, I never, I never thought my dad had a sense of humor cause he was pretty, I don't know, blank faced. He, he would just be there, but they told me about when he was younger, how he like wore his underwear on the outside of his pants to be like a superhero just to try to get them to laugh.
he would do things just to try to get them to laugh. And that was that was kind of a nice memory to add to mine. Because I know he was always good with the grandkids. And, you know, my other siblings had a little, little different life than me. I, w- I was basically an only child because of the gap between our ages. So they had their memories, I have mine, and the grandkids have theirs. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, to me, that's the, the, you can see your own growth as a human being, I guess. But I'm jumping all over the timeline. Sorry. So he was in Alaska for a year. He was in Thailand for a year. In Thailand, he told me about, besides the runway, he told me about there was a, a hill or a mountain or something. And they were doing maintenance on, they were trying to get one truck that had broke down back to base and him and a coworker, he was, I think he was driving or he was following one of the two, but on the downhill coming down off the mountain, the brakes went out on one of the vehicles, the one that they were bringing back. And I mean, he could tell the whole, the story about, you know, how they were trying not to, you know, get the other vehicle in front of it and trying to use the weight of the vehicle to slow the other one down before it get, you know, it'd go off the side of the mountain and stuff. I really wish I would have recorded a lot of his stories so it could be just out of his mouth. But you know, this is ending up to be a long episode anyway, me just reminiscing the memories that he shared with me and my memories. Um after you know, when, when his sisters were telling me those tales, my aunt Mary had also told me about, uh, there was a time I was, in, I was a child that for some reason he just decided to take me up to, uh, to Georgia. I just, I remember, I have the memory because he usually didn't take me places by himself. It was usually a family thing. And he just asked me if I wanted to go. And we went up there, you know, we were at his sister's house and, and then I didn't know why we were there or anything, but we were, you know, I always enjoyed going anywhere with him, but I remember the phone ringing and I remember him disappearing for a bit. And my uh, aunt told me that that was my mom who called that, that they had just gotten into an argument and he just, he just kind of took me, I guess. He asked me if I wanted to go, and I said, yes, of course, you know, because I was a kid. It's my dad. and So they, so she called up there and, and told him off and said to bring bring me back. But, you know, sometimes you wonder if you're, uh, if your father or mother have feelings, and that kind of, I don't know, makes me tear up. Because, I don't know, he just wanted to take me, and I mean, I'm glad everything came back, and they worked, I mean, my parents were married 51 years, I think it was, when he passed away. I mean, and everybody has their bad moments in, in, in life and marriage, and um, 
he was never one of those types who would get sad or depressed about anything. But I don't know. There's a lot of ways I look at my, my father and I try to be like him. And, you know, I've <clears throat> one time in my life, um, my brother had made a comment because my mom had said, you, she had told my brother that, you know, you, you remind me just like, just of your dad. And he got, he got upset about it. And he was like, I'm nothing like my dad. No. And I don't know. I, I think, I think I'd like it if somebody said that I was like my dad. I mean, I, I hear it from family members that I, I'm looking more and more like my dad as I get older. And if, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Um, but I've been rambling on. I don't think there's any more stories at the moment about him, but I don't think it's a bad thing to model yourself after your parents. If you look at the rose colored glasses you have on and you see the good and not bad. I mean, we all do bad things in life. We all have mistakes and regrets and sometimes we forget there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of happy in between, but this is just a little about me, and like I said, some of the some of these podcasts are just uh, in case something ever happens to me in life that my son can listen to. So uh, if you're sitting here listening the whole way through, sorry for blabbing now for I think almost twenty minutes total, but uh, thanks for just letting me get this out.